Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, and sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, Mr. Tom Dorian. Tom, how you doing? Man, I'm great. How are you? You know, I'm fine and dandy. You look fine and dandy. <laughs> I appreciate that. Guess what? We have another... We have a fine and dandy guest. Yeah, we have oh. another Franciscan friar of the renewal. Always a smile on their faces. <laughs> That's they, right. They, they uh, put a smile on your face, don't they? Absolutely. I'm always smiling when I'm with the friars. Yeah, That's good to hear. It's and so hear. Uh, we, yeah. we, have, we have Brother Nicholas with us. Brother Nicholas, welcome to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Thank you, Deacon Tom. Oh. Deacon Tom, I like that. I like that. Hey, you know what? You actually could be a deacon one day. That I could. Might have been, I, man, could. I think that was the Lord using Brother Nicholas. It's a sign. Yeah. It's a sign. Either that or he was we'll trying to slam me. <laughs> he might have been like slamming me. No, 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 no. No, he recognizes talent when he sees it. I understand. I understand. You could be a deacon. You need to consider that, Tom. I will. Thank but you. But this show thank is you, not about the uh, vocations of the diaconate. Okay, no, it's not. We thought we would focus on the charism of the friars to this pro-life cause. Mm, mm. That this is, a, this is something near and dear to the Franciscan friars of the renewal. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I think it's near and dear to the heart of the church. You know, I think it's uh, it's an issue that uh, we pray through. It's an issue that we witness to. It's a reality that needs to be addressed in each one of our hearts, in each one of our lives. And, uh, and we need to look at it and to see where we are as Catholics with this issue and uh, where we want to go and what we want to stand for and what we want to pray for. Well, and there's also a couple of different ways to look at it. You can look at it from what does the church teach about it. Right. And then you can also look at it from what does the church expect me to do about it, mm. which are two mm. two very different things. That's true. That's uh, true. Sometimes. Or some people might agree with one thing but not agree with the other. That's true. Uh, and, and that's a challenge. And, and right now the pro-life issue is a kind of a thorny issue in the Catholic Church for a lot of people because mm-hmm. – we have all these discussions about what about politicians that aren't pro-life? Should we be voting for them or should we not? And that's really not what we're going to focus on here today. We really just want to focus on the issue of pro-life. What does it mean to be pro-life? Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, it became very much a part of my life, um, I would say, a few months before entering the Friars. And this was when my uh, I was all set to join the, the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal seven years ago. And uh, my own mother came to me. And she had a difficult pregnancy with me, and she said, Brother Nicholas, I want to tell you a story. And uh, it's a story I'd never heard before, and uh, this was in 1976. Abortion had just been legal three years. And uh, because the, the pregnancy was so difficult for her, the doctor came to, uh, came to her and uh, suggested that she ab- abort me. Mm-hmm. You know? And... I asked her in that moment because I was so surprised to hear this. You know, I asked her, "Well, why didn't why didn't this happen? You know, why didn't you go through with it?" I, that's just the first words that came out of my mouth, and she said, "Well, I knew there was life inside of me. I felt you inside of me. You know, and for me, that really galvanized my work in the pro life arena, if you will. You know, because I was I felt like from those words that she shared with me, it put me on mission." To go forth and 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 to get out there and to pray and to hopefully bring hope, to bring an alternative, to bring uh, mercy and and God's forgiveness and 
options for life into people's lives. Well, let's talk about what the uh, what, what the friars will do. So, tip- uh, yeah, what, how, what does it look like? So, typically, um, on a Saturday, we'll have an early uh, morning mass. We'll head out in the van. We'll be praying on the way there. Um, we'll usually fast on the way there, and then um, we'll uh, we'll just we'll come across the street, usually from an abortion site, and we'll line up and we'll pray. A few brothers will go across the street with pro-life material that have been trained in counseling and uh, will offer alternatives, an encouraging word. And I've seen the Lord work in many powerful ways in that in that witness. And this this you wouldn't call this a protest. There's you know, you you're not out there to uh, to create problems. No, no. I, I like the way you said a word of encouragement. Yeah. And far from it. We're there to offer uh, prayer prayer and love and 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 an option for people who might feel like they have no option someone who might be scared someone who might feel like they're under pressure um i would say interestingly enough in in the seven years doing this the uh most of the anger and the protest come from those who are quote-unquote pro-choice you know or for abortion when they would come out and scream and yell and create havoc you know that's the part that I've never seen the media portray, you know, right. is Good that point. that you're the troublemaker, even right. though you're the peacemaker. Right. And we're there simply to pray and, and encourage the woman not to go through with a decision that will affect her life forever, you know, or, now, for, is or perhaps. I was going to say, is this something that just the, the friars do? I mean, when you go to these abortion places, mm-hmm. right, are you by yourselves? It depends on the location. You know, there are other lay people that come out. There are associates of ours that come out, and they offer prayer. We'll pray the rosary, you know, pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet, Stations of the Cross. And, and this is some way w- where your community is in community with the rest of the, 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 the community who yeah, is pro-life. Exactly, exactly. And it's, it's tough work, you know. It's, it's a spiritual battle, and you need to be covered in prayer. And, and it's, a, it's a beautiful chance to... Uh, to witness to the mercy of God in people's lives and to know that they're not condemned in that moment, but they have, you know, they have a choice, a true choice for life, you know, and that's what we encourage them to do. Is to I'm sure life. in those seven years you've had lots of uh, just really beautiful encounters where you have seen um, life cherished. Yes. Right. And, and yes. good news has come out of what you've done. Tell us about that. Maybe about the first time yeah. that it happened for you. And you'll never forget the first time you get someone that chooses to keep their baby or as someone once coined the phrase a turnaround you know someone who turns mm-hmm. around and uh chooses life the first time i ever saw it it was so simple we were in downtown manhattan it was cold um we were there i was one of the counselors and uh there was another lay person there and they had a uh, simply just a sign of the nativity of the holy family an image of the holy family that they were holding up and the young Hispanic woman saw that, and as soon as she saw that image, which I'm sure was blessed, as soon as she saw it, she knew she couldn't go through with it. She saw the witness to family, you know. She saw the witness to life, and that Christ was a child. That's mm-hmm. so beautiful, and that's so simple. Mm. Uh, you don't have to have some kind of doctorate in theology or in, in sidewalk counseling or whatever. Yeah. Really just seeing a, uh, an image of the Holy Family Amen. was so powerful. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's so beautiful. That's an idea for for other people who might have this uh, uh, this draw to, to stand out there and, and defend life in this way. Yes, yes. Now, have there been any other uh, occurrences uh, yeah. where you've had turnarounds? Thank, thankfully, in my own life, I've, I've witnessed to a few others. Um, the second time I remember in my own uh, my own approach to counseling, we, we were across the street. We were in the Bronx this time, the South Bronx. And for uh, Lent, we decided to go every Friday and pray the Stations of the Cross. And we went out, and we had just finished praying the St. Michael prayer for protection. We crossed the street, and as soon as I came across the street, the brothers had started the first station, and a young, uh, a young couple had come up, you know, and I, I, I still remember their names. I prayed for them, and, um, and we talked, and they, they turned around. You know, I got their information. Um, I, uh, I, I, I stayed in contact with them. And a sister, one of the communities that works in pro-life is the Sisters of Life. And uh, they had told me that a lot of times the spiritual battle begins really after the woman chooses to keep, the mother chooses to keep her child. Right. And so I was covering them in prayer, trying to keep them connected uh, with the Catholic community, inviting them to a few things. Uh, on and off, they dropped off the radar, and I hadn't heard from them. So I didn't know what happened. I was moved to England to help out. Um, for a couple months, and uh, shortly before Easter, I get a phone call in England from this young woman. Wow. Which I was shocked, and I didn't know what she was going to say. And just this peace came over me, and she said, Brother Nicholas, I just called you because I wanted to thank you. Mm-hmm. And she said, I, uh, I decided to keep my child, and I'm so happy he's born. He's, uh, he's a few months old now. And uh, I'm getting married to to the man, you know, to the father that, that I met. This right. couple on the street, they they were getting married, and they wanted to get married in the church. And she said, "I've never been so happy and at peace in my life. I've never had so much joy in my life." And to me, that was right before Easter, and it was right. Be- it was such a gift from the Lord to hear that. You know, yeah, that little bit of affirmation is sometimes enough to keep you going for the rest of your. Yeah. Your born days yeah. to try to, to to defend life, to stand up in, yeah. in, a, in a pro-life way. In those, because a lot of times we hear the bad stories, and so that can be discouraging. And some people are really don't feel like they're up for the fight, as it were. You know, they, right. they think that's a, it's going to be a real, like a battleground. It's negative, right? But but some of those really beautiful moments can really uh, not only are you involved in in defending that one little innocent life, but it's actually doing something to your life. It's transforming it. You know, I would say once you've been involved with a mother and father who have decided to keep their child, it changes your life forever because you know that that person has a chance to come into this world and and become the person Christ has created them to be, you know, that God has created them to be, you know. And uh, it's something that stays with you for the rest of your life. And there's no, really no better feeling, uh, I I guess, a feeling of total fulfillment and to realize that you now have a, you have a purpose in life, right? Where where you're, you're an instrument of God's, you're being used by God. Amen. And that's a great, that's a great feeling. Yeah. Again, Mm -hmm. it's a good affirmation when you get those affirmations. You don't always get them immediately. It's it's true. And it's true. And I, I know the entire church is at work in this in this field and I'm sure there's many many more stories but one of the scriptures that causes me to tremble sometimes you know is is uh, a tree will be known by its fruits yeah you know and 
And I look at this, and in God's mercy, I see this. This is a spiritual child. You know, this mm-hmm. is a fruit of, mm-hmm. of of responding to this call from God to witness to life, and and, and thankfully, in His mercy, you know, li- uh, fruit is being born. You know, and that's an interesting point. You know, we all think that you know, and and that great day uh, when when we're standing before our Lord, right, in judgment, mm-hmm. and we can look down the Ten Commandments and think of all the things that we didn't do, right? Mm-hmm. That, that yeah. I didn't do this, and I didn't do this, and I didn't do this. And I can, you know, I guess I get convicted sometimes when I think about, well, when the Lord might say to me, well, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you did you have this opportunity and right. pass on this opportunity? What did you do for the littlest ones who needed just that one voice, that one consoling voice on that one uh, cold street corner in, in Manhattan and you think yes. that your voice might have been that instrument that God was using you, and you chose not to to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's 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 a sadness, and mm-hmm. we need to think about that from a judgment perspective. That we're going to be called to accounting yeah. for these kind of things. The hope is God is at work, and the hope is if we respond in faith and and do His will and do His work wherever He is calling us and however He is calling us in the pro life movement, He will work. You know, he he's ready. He's he's willing. If not now, when? That's mm-hmm. that's the word that has been in my heart the past three months. If not now, when? Mm-hmm. When? If we are faithful, then God will work. You know, we if we have faith as well. You know, He responds in faith, healings and miracles, and His work comes through faith. You know, if we believe and stand on His word. So. Amen. amen. Yeah, amen. That sounds Golly. great. I'll tell you what, we're going to talk more about this when we come back. First, I want to remind folks at home that we have a wonderful website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also want to uh, have you email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so, we'll be right back. I'm Bester Zemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Few people exemplify the gift of faith working through love more than Blessed Teresa of Calcutta. Known to the world as Mother Teresa, her tiny, frail body wrapped in her customary white habit with blue trim, she was a veritable powerhouse of service in God's love. She dedicated her life and mission to the assistance of not merely those on the fringes of society, but the battered, the broken, the destitute, the dying, and the poorest of the poor. She offered her very life as a work of mercy and understood the value of serving the poor in God's kingdom on earth. She said, At the end of our lives, we will not be judged by how many diplomas we have received, how much money we have made, or how many great things we have done. We will be judged by, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was naked and you clothed me. I was homeless and you took me in. Mother Teresa founded the Missionaries of Charity in the 1950s, opening the first Home for the Dying in Calcutta in 1952. Today, the sisters of her order, numbering in the thousands, are scattered around the globe in nearly 500 places of hope and healing for AIDS victims, homeless persons, battered wives, orphans, and many, many others unwanted by society. Mother Teresa was a tireless fighter for the unborn. When asked whether her time would be better spent assisting those in poverty instead of the victims of abortion, she said, 
It is a poverty to decide that a child must die so that you may live as you wish. And she was not afraid to speak her mind when she felt her mind was on things of God. At a national prayer breakfast for the House and Senate in Washington, she spoke out against the horrors of abortion. She said, Please don't kill the child. I want the child. Give the child to me. Mother Teresa was a beacon of light in a world darkened by sin, hatred, and division. Her works of love, compassion, and mercy served as a constant example of what is possible when we remember why we must serve others. She said, Like Jesus, we belong to the world, living not for ourselves, but for others. The joy of our Lord is our strength. Mother Teresa went home to God September 5, 1997 and was beatified as a servant of God and pronounced blessed by the Church in union with Pope John Paul II in October of 2003. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in Church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth, and we're still sitting here with uh, Brother Nicholas, who is sipping his coffee. Slurping. He's slurping. <laughs> He's what slurping are you talking his about? Coffee. That's good. <laughs> Thank now, you, Deacon Jeff. <laughs> no, Brother Nicholas, we're, we're, you're telling us some really touching stories here about uh, how you've been involved in, in um, this pro-life movement, and, and that's awesome. But a lot of times these things will happen maybe not standing in front of abortion clinics. Sometimes you'll get people to show up at your door. That's right. That's right, Deacon. We we are hands-on work with the poor, and that comes in many different shapes, forms, and sizes and, right. and, and different days. Uh, one day I was home. Uh, the poor come to our door with many different needs, and I happened to be home that day. Um, there was not many friars at home on this particular day. This woman comes to the door, knocking on the door. She was in distress. Her daughter, who was pregnant, uh, had a doctor's appointment that morning, but instead of going to the doctor... She had gone to an abortion site, Mm -hmm. and she was torn up. She she didn't know what to do, crying, upset. And um, I simply was just there to to give a listening ear, to try to encourage her, and uh, and came to the conclusion that I think any listener would come to is we have to pray. Right. You know, and and then what unfolded to me witnesses to the power of prayer and to the power of the saints in our lives. I went to the chapel, and um, I had, as I was walking to the chapel, I recalled a story of another friend of mine who was pregnant, had a difficult pregnancy, and the, bo- the baby was born uh, premature. And so she entrusted the, the baby to Our Lady and to St. Padre Pio, to St. Pio. Right. And uh, she had even put the uh, medal of St. Pio on the incubator. The baby's health had gone down one day. It turned her for the worse. And uh, she came back, and she saw that the metal had been knocked on the on the ground. She puts the metal back up, which is a sacramental, you know. And, right. And she puts the metal back up on the on the incubator, and the baby's health returned. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it, it inspired me. And she said she'd simply just talk to St. Pio like a real man, you know, and, and just begged for his help. So I was thinking of this story as I was going to the chapel and, have, and who I could have recourse to. And, uh, of course, to our Lord, but that was the story that came to mind, the story that I was on my heart. I knelt down and I just began to talk to St. Pio mano a mano, you know, friar to friar. Right. And it was like, look, you got to save this kid's life. 
that was the, the prayer of my heart is look you got to save this kid's life saint pio and about 20 minutes later uh i came out of the chapel the uh the mother of the young woman who had gone to the abortion site she came and uh just as she came she was still upset the phone rang it was her daughter she just handed me the phone and the young woman on the phone was uh, audibly distressed you know upset and uh, they had shown her an ultrasound in the clinic, you know. They had, and it was at that point that she realized, you know, and she walked out of the abortion site, and two other women had walked out with her because is, she walked that's out. That's so beautiful and so powerful. Mm-hmm. Again, just a simple tool, right? That yeah. ultrasound is enough to say, this is a child. Yes. This is a human being. Yes. So the story doesn't end there. About a year later... Her daughter was born, you know, healthy, happy, and she said, uh, I want to tell you what happened that day. And we were in one of the rooms uh, in the friary, and there was an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus with the Sacred Heart uh, on the wall with rays of light emanating from behind the Sacred Heart and out of the Sacred Heart. Very beautiful image. She pointed to the image and said, you see those rays of light coming out of the heart of Jesus there? And I said, yes, I do. And she said, well, when the nurse was doing the ultrasound, She said, rays of light were coming down on the baby. And the baby was jumping up and down in the womb. Mm. And the nurse said, do you see that? And the young woman that I know. The nurse recognized that? Yes, the the nurse saw it. And the nurse said, that's it. I quit. The nurse quit. The nurse quit that day after after she saw that. So that was the reason she ended up walking out in the first place, because of this witness of the power of God. You know, and the power of the communion of saints. That is so beautiful. And, you know, St. Padre Pio prayed for, pray for us, you know. Uh, let's, let's, let's look to the, to the saints for assistance whenever we can. And then, of course, Sacred Heart of Jesus. Right. You know, uh, that's just, uh, that's a, that is beautiful. And we, we see things like that when we go to the movies sometimes and we don't always believe them. But when you hear these stories recounted like this, yeah, you start to see the power the power of God. Amen. And you believe in miracles. Amen. And the mother who had originally come to the door, her birthday is the feast of St. Pio. Wow. There's just too many things uh, coming together here. Just, (laughs) you know, leave it to the saints to do all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, And maybe we should leave a lot of this to the saints and we don't invoke the saints enough. Now, did her mother know you were going to invoke that saint? No, she had no idea. Oh, man. That was just... I got chills. <laughs> That's right. Man. I can attest. Tom has chills. Oh, man. Yeah, especially the hair is standing up in the back of his neck. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful, though. I, this is the part of our faith that it's very, it's very mysterious mm-hmm. because it's not something that we can physically touch. It's something we can phys- physically see, right? There's, it's a part of our faith that is it's something deep, deep within us. Yeah. And, we, and we sense, just like when you start to tell that story and as we get to that part about the rays on the baby and the baby is, is, is dancing with joy, you know, mm-hmm. And you know it's true. You just that again. The hair stand up in the back of your neck, and you just have this. There's this feeling that you were overcome with love, with peace, with goodness, and you go, "There is a God." Amen. Right, and 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 He's got this cloud of witnesses. He's got these saints that are all there, you know, and they're and they're working and doing stuff for us. Yeah, they're cheering us on for yeah. victory. You know, they're that's, cheering us that's on. That's a that's a that's a beautiful thing. That's and that's a wonderful thing. And 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 hopefully more people, perhaps, who are involved in pro life. Maybe we'll start something here with St. Pio that maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> he'll be adopted as the, as the, as the patron uh, of, of some of the pro-life uh, mm-hmm. causes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to do that more often, don't we? Amen. Amen. That's a wonderful thing. 
so the other two stories I can think of was um, told to me by the sister who trained us in pro-life. She's a sister in Brooklyn. And uh, the first story, and I'll never forget, um, she said one time she was uh, witnessing outside of a clinic, you know, and, and the sister does this faithfully every day. And she goes every morning, 6 a.m., and she, she's had countless and countless and countless of mothers decided to keep their children. She has photo albums and photo albums of children and babies and baby showers that she's done. And uh, one of the, uh, the boyfriends was there in the truck, you know, waiting for the girl upstairs. And uh, she, came, she came to give him some material, you know, about other, all the other options, you know. And he took the material and threw it in her face. And she knew right away to walk away right you know and not so, receptive exactly and so she walked away <laughs> <laughs> she walked away and by god's grace she talked to another woman and the woman decided to keep her child she turned around and the boyfriend in the truck you know said well at least you saved one wow so she knew that was her door so she walked right through it and walked over to him again and she saw a bible sitting on his dashboard mm. and she said i bet that Bible can say more to you in this moment than anything I could ever say to you. And, and he said, oh, all right. And so he picked up the Bible, opened it up, and she said his chin hit the ground. His face turned ghostly white. And she said, what's it say? Thou shall not kill. Oh, yeah. man. So he gets out of the truck, goes upstairs, gets, the young, gets his girlfriend, and they leave together. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Yeah. Now, so we should read the, our scripture too. The living word. We are we're getting our, our Catholic uh, teaching here. Uh, beautiful. Did you have one more? Yeah, yeah. And the other story, and this this is I love. You know, our Lord teaches about the heart of a child. You know, and to to become like a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the same sister um, had brought another sister's fourth grade uh, Catholic school class out to, to prayer council. Young children, just to simply pray the rosary in Brooklyn, and the, both sisters were there, and they're praying the rosary, and they had 34 turnarounds that day. Wow! Mm. The doctor came downstairs, said, "I do not know what's going on." Got in his car and drove away. See, there's power in all this, in, in the in the in the utter simplicity. There's just power. Uh, in in relying on the saints, in relying on the power of God, mm-hmm. relying on the scriptures, yeah. all these things, there's power in that, and it's not us, yeah, right? It's not us. We're right. just we're just witnessing to it. We're just God's instruments, and, and allowing God to use us is such a beautiful thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Very beautiful. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Nicholas, for sharing those Thank wonderful you, stories with Thank us. You, we're going to close you. in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father. We thank you for all the gifts you've given us, especially the gift of your son, Jesus, sent to reconcile us to you. Help us to see the face of Jesus in all those we meet, and especially in the unborn. And give us the strength we need to stand up for all that you've created. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. From the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, Send an email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.